0: pretty savvy type guy and we were having a good conversation and he had met the Lord through a friend some couple years prior but he said I, I've got this problem he said I'm still struggling because he said I, I just feel consumed with the guilt of my sinful past you may can identify with such a thing because we all have had a sinful past we've had faults and failures we've blown it all of sin, and come short of the glory of God. This is a clear and honest fact for all of us. But this man was deeply concerned, and actually overwhelmed. And I said, what you're experiencing is what the Bible calls condemnation. And I said, we need to revisit the cross. And so this morning, I want us to revisit the cross. Because before you can have Resurrection Sunday, you've got to have Crucifixion Friday. We call it Good Friday. So we have to revisit the cross and see what preceded and what was so essential that Jesus had to come to earth to live, to die. You know, he was born to die. This was his destiny. He's known as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That is to say, before God created anything, he already had a plan in place because he knew that as humans... We were flawed and we would fail. And so he designed for us a plan. And that plan included the person of Jesus Christ. We now know him as Jesus Christ. But before then, he was the word. And he was established to be the lamb. A sacrificial lamb. A lamb given for us. For our lives. For our sin. So this is how we must revisit the cross. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that this is the time to gather in your name. We gather together in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you that we have the privilege of knowing you and worshiping you. And Father, we gather on this special day to commemorate all that you are and all that you've done for us. This do in remembrance of me. And we're here to remember your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And Lord, we're here to partake of your glorious life that we might celebrate this Resurrection Sunday in Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Mike and I were talking and praying about our gathering together, I was reminded in our conversation of something he said, and that was he was talking about the joy of the Lord and the joy of this time And this season of celebration in in the book of Hebrews and you know we actually sang a portion of that song in one of our songs was based on this book of Hebrews chapter 12 and it was just the one phrase or two out of verse 2 but in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 Uh, The writer of Hebrews says this, we are be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And then he has these words, reminding us of who Jesus is. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured the cross, he despised the shame. But why? What was going on? He, He says the joy that was set before him. You see, the cross, although horrible and hideous, was a time of joy because the Lord Jesus knew that in coming to die, he was going to give us life because we were all dead. The Bible says we're dead in trespasses and sins. We were lifeless, void of the very life of God. And so Jesus, in anticipation of this new life that we would all gain and the forgiveness we would all experience and this abundant life that we would now be able to participate in, he had that as his focal point. So he was looking through the pain, through the agony of the cross, through the death, through the suffering, all of that. He looked through all of that, and he saw the end from the beginning. And he saw that all of this would be worth it. You know, that's the love of God. We, we talk about love, but the love of God is sacrificial, the love of God is an investment. And Jesus Christ came to invest himself in us and to sacrifice himself for us. And that's that's the amazing love of God. My wife Lou is here and we've been married 53 years. Now, after I met her and popped the question, <laughs> "Will you marry me?" and when she said yes, we made a plan and that plan was to get married and that meant we had to have some money because neither one of us had much we were both going to college so i took a job that was a very dangerous job it was a hard job and it was um (coughs) i didn't like it (laughs) it was not a pleasant job i i had been in the navy so i was in the ships and we lived at at a seaport called port arthur and so I went down to Port Arthur to go port Shipyard, and I got a job as a ship fitters helper. That is to say, I did all the dirty work. I did all the hard stuff. And these men would build the ship. And I was a helper. And so, and the ship sometimes was pretty tall. I guess tall as the ceiling or taller up. We were building just big steel plates and all this. And, and it was extremely hot. It was during the summer. And... Uh, so I was out there working and the first week or two I didn't know what was going on and nobody clues you and they don't tell you a thing they just tell you here's the start and this is who you work with and so I was up there about 40 feet up and and this guy was welding and, and cutting with this torch and all this and sparks were flying and I had this kind of lightweight long sleeve shirt on and I mean it's like these pieces of hot metal are landing on my shirt burning a hole in my shirt burning a hole in my arms and the guy is saying, don't let go. Don't you dare let this thing go. And I'm holding this big heavy piece of steel, you know, against the side of the, of, of the I mean, and the steel is like an inch thick or something. It's huge. And it's very heavy. And he's like, don't you, And know, I mean, the pain. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm saying like, Lord, surely this can't be right. And of course, I didn't know the Lord too well then. And so I didn't understand even how to talk to him or pray or trust him or all, all this. But I just was sort of murmuring and complaining to the Lord that I didn't too much like this. And so... Uh, and then, of course, it was extremely hot, so I would be all sweaty, and then I would work until late. I wouldn't get home until 2 o'clock at night, and then the next morning, early, we had college classes, and so that was intense. And so I was just exhausted, and it's hot, and I'm having a lot of this pain with this feel, hot stuff burning through my arms. And then I, I fell one time, and by the grace of God, and I know He wants me here today because He spared me then, because it was going to be at least a 40-foot drop. And I managed to land with my head against the side of, of, the, of, of the steel of the, of, the, uh, of the ship. And I'm looking down in between the scaffolding, which was just a little wooden board hanging out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm hanging down with one leg down through the hole. And by my head, I'm holding on you know, until the guy manages to come over and pull me back up. But I mean, I was within inches of falling through to a 40-foot probably my death. I came home that day and I was telling Lou, I said, I don't know if I can take it. But, you know, I kept on and I kept on and I kept on. And why? Because I love that wonderful woman. And I wanted to spend my life with her. And if it took me working hard and going through all that suffering to get the money we needed so we could get married, I was willing to do it. Now, that's but a small thing. And now you think of the joy that was set before our Lord Jesus. He endured the cross. He despised or disregarded Whatever shame was involved, whatever disgrace was involved, all the false accusations he went through, I mean, he put up with it all. And through it all, he died for you and for me because his love was so great for us. He wanted so much for us to share in his life. He wanted so much to give us the very best, himself. And so he did, he went to the cross and he died. If, uh, if we consider this further, we would go to Romans chapter 6, and Paul gives us some clues here about the cross. And he puts it this way, Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, then we'll skip down to verse 11. Romans 6, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Likewise, verse 11, Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's kind of a mouthful, and it's a little bit of a, a, a Paul summarized in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He was sort of giving us a summary of this very passage. But this passage just expands upon it. And, and it's essentially what he's told is three main things. He, he said, we're, we're dead to sin, we're free from sin, and we're alive unto God. Dead, free, and alive. Now this is marvelous. Because here's the thing. It's not just that we committed some sins but we were a slave of the devil. We all were born in Adam with a sin nature, an evil nature, in fact, the Bible calls it. So that evil nature resulted in a life of sin. Even our best things were still sin because it was not of God. We're not talking about good or bad morality here. We're talking about a source. And so Paul talks about how that the source of our life was of the devil. Jesus himself said, To the greatest of the religious leaders, you are of your father, the devil. He was saying, you don't understand the origin of your being. And you don't understand the extremity of your problem. See, we look at our lives, for example, one lady was telling me one time at a restaurant, we were talking and she found out I was a minister. So she was asking questions. And then she said, well, okay. She said, I get it about this sin thing. She said, I guess we're all sinners. She said, but I'm not a bad sinner like all those other people that come in here. She said, so maybe I'm okay. See, maybe I'm okay. Because we we do this comparative thing. You know, like murder's the worst, and so those are the bad people. And then there's other people that do more extreme things, maybe child abuse and stuff like that, or maybe a rapist and all this. And, and we just keep coming down until, you know, so I've got a little temper and I have an outburst occasionally. Or so I have... Uh, some kind of habit or bad attitude but that's no big deal see because we have rationalized and justified our conduct based on how we are in comparison to others now I know how to play that game because that's what I did for 10 years as a Christian I would I would look at my friends in the Navy when I was there and I would look at them and quite frankly most of them were a mess <laughs> now I knew the Lord because I met Jesus when I was 11 Although I wasn't so great either, but I look better than them. So they, you know, that's how it works in, in, in life. So you look at them, yeah, well, um, at least I'm doing better than him, you know. And I do go to church on Sunday and I would read my Bible. So these are really plus things for me, man. I'm, I'm scoring high points here. I'm, I'm looking good, you know. And so that's, a, and you compare all that. But what the cross is all about is the fact that having stated that we've all sinned, and that we all are sinners, we all have an evil nature, we've got to have something more than just to be repaired from some mess we've made. We've got to have a new life. We must have a new heart. That old evil nature has got to be removed. The source of sin has got to be dealt with. So when when Paul is talking here, and he talks about what, what God did for us through Christ on the cross, and he says... Your old man was crucified with Christ. He's saying, hey, Jesus didn't come to drop a few drops of blood and clean you up. He came, and when we talk about the blood, we're talking about his death. He came and died to put it to your old life. You see, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says, That he who knew no sin, we're talking about the sinless, perfect son of God, who lived a perfect life on this earth, and then he who knew no sin did a most amazing thing. When he stretched out his arms on that cross, he became sin for us. He became us on that cross. So it wasn't just that he died for us, and somehow through that death, our our sin debt was paid, but way beyond that, he chose to become us. He chose to enter into your life. He chose to live out, the scripture says, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, or a thousand years is as one day. So when it comes to the Lord, Jesus, through the miracle of his crucifixion, became sin for all of us. He became you on that cross. So all of your life, everything bad done by you or to you, he became. All the horrible, hideous things about you, he became. He experienced on the cross, in the moment of agony, the horror of your life. Now, not a single one of us, I don't think, would want to go back and relive the horrible, wretched things we've done or said or have been done to us. But Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And for all of us, at one time. This is is intense. The intensity of the agony of the cross was way more than physical pain. That's what we've got to get a hold of here. It's much, much more than that. And that's why his love is so awesome. That he would bear all of that and endure all of that for us. So there he is. And he's on the cross. And he became sin for us. And he lives out this life so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it's called the great exchange. He exchanged his life for our life so that we might exchange our life for his life. And so in doing so... He became us, so we might become as He is. Paul says, rather, the writer of John says, as He is, so are we in this world. That is to say, He has now incorporated His life into us. Paul says very distinctly, Christ is our life. That means He has come and imparted His life to us, so that now His Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, indwells us. So that He then can live that same perfect life that he walked this earth, he can then perfect that which concerns us as he lives his perfect life through us. So we don't have to try to figure it out or work it out. We just simply have to accept I've died with Christ. We've got to let ourselves go to the cross and we've got to lose our life. Um, The glory of the cross, Jesus said in in, um, John chapter 12, verse 24, he said, the time has now come For the Son of Man to be glorified. And then he began to talk about his death. He began to elaborate about the cross. And we think about that, the Son of God being glorified. But the glory of God was shown through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The glory of God was demonstrated that this great love that God had for us would bring Jesus to the place that he would become sin for us take upon himself not only our physical suffering and pain but as I say internalize the horror and the agony of our whole wretched past and then become sin for us in such a way that he on the cross could put an end to Satan's hold over us so that when he says the body of sin might be destroyed he's talking about the body of which sin that is to say Satan it's singular he's talking not about the sins of the acts we do He's not talking about the sinful attitudes we have. He's talking about the source of sin, which is Satan. And he's saying the body of which Satan has dominion, the the body that we live in, our self, indwelt by this evil nature that dominates our life and dictates our actions, And that's why we keep doing things, and then we say, I hate what I do, and Paul himself, even as he, after becoming a Christian, found it was still true, he said, the very thing I hate, I do. And the thing I want to do, I'm not able to do. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then it dawned on him, I'm telling you about Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. Then in verse 24, he's saying all of that about how wretched he feels. And that he is like a walking dead man. Because you see, even though you and I have new life in Christ, if we don't know what that life is, if we don't understand our source of life in Christ, and we're not living from that inner source, then we're going to still be strengthening our flesh. And some of us have some very capable flesh because God made our bodies to function quite nicely but he was never intent on us functioning apart from him but rather in conjunction with him in unity and harmony with him and that's why it's about teamwork everybody knows the value of teamwork but we're a team of one (laughs) and we are one with him and it's his strength in us his life in us his power through us that enables us to be all that we can be and more Because of he who is within us, living his life through us. So here's Paul explaining all this in Romans 7. And so what he's essentially telling us again, by summary, is I'm dead to sin, I'm free from sin, and I'm alive unto God. So from the cross standpoint, we're dead to sin. Now Paul would say it a different way when he talks about um, this in, in Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians 6.14, he says, here's the thing. He says, God forbid that I would glory in anything other than Christ and the cross. God forbid that I would glory in anything but the cross. Because it was the cross of Christ that is the place of God's glory. It's when the Christ in you, the hope of glory, could finally come and indwell us. And he who is the glorious son of God could now live out his glorious life through us. So we glory in the cross and then Paul elaborates in, in Galatians 6 when he says the cross by whom I am crucified unto the world and the world unto me. So he's telling us something quite amazing there. He's saying, look, through the cross I have died to the world and the world is dead to me. What does he say? He's saying, I no longer have the desires to be dominated by this world, and the world can no longer dictate to me or influence me. Because I'm dead to all that. That's not me anymore. Now, if we don't know who we are, we're going to continue to cater to our flesh, our humanity, and we're going to continue to let the things of this world rule us and dictate and dominate our lives. And through this world, the God of this world, that old serpent, the devil, is going to continue to manipulate and corrupt you and mess you up and cause you to mess up everybody else around you. And that's just the, the, the story of life. Dead to sin, free from sin, alive to God. Dead to sin, free from sin. So... cross covers it all Christ's death on the cross makes all the difference forgiveness so the man was saying his past still haunts him he's still struggling with his memories of his past he revisited the cross and he discovered wait a minute that's not me anymore the Holy Spirit showed him the cross I said, just pray. He'll show you the cross. He'll show you what it means for you to be crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. And when he realized, I am dead to that. I died with Christ. That person with all that baggage of that horrific past, that's not me anymore. So I don't have to keep self-condemning, which is really believing the lie of the devil, who's the condemner, the accuser of the brethren. So instead of me constantly putting myself down, for all of what I had done, and for all of what I was, I can now praise God that that memory reminds me of God's great love, His amazing grace, and His marvelous mercy that has changed me into a new creation, and that's not me anymore. Old things, that old life passed away. All things have now become new. So I'm a new creature in Christ, a brand new person. And what joy He experienced, the joy of knowing I'm dead to sin. I'm free from sin. That's not me anymore. There's freedom in that. There's liberty in that. There's joy in that. The pressure is off. The burden is off. The the man who I talked to that had been an alcoholic and the addiction of that alcoholism is intense. So let's don't be negative about people that have addictions. Whatever your addiction might be or whatever your friend or family member has, it's severe. And no, they can't control it. Once they could, but now they can't. And that's the secret of life. The secret of life is Satan makes you think you're in control. You're not. You're not. You're not your own, Jesus said. You're bought with a price. And you're either going to be of your father the devil or you're going to be of your heavenly father's. One or the other is gonna have influence over you. There are no independent agents out here on planet Earth. We're gonna be either slaves of the devil or servants of the Lord, the Most High God. So this guy was struggling with this, and I said, well, let's go to the cross. And the things that had motivated him to drink from his child abuse, from his horrific treatment with the Catholic priest, all of these things he suddenly realized Jesus took care of on the cross. All of this is what Jesus died for when he became him on the cross. And suddenly he saw, yes, that person died with Christ. That life is over. Dead, gone, buried. And I've been raised up, so I'm a new person. I have a new past. I don't have to go around beating myself down because of all the horrible things that were done to me and all the terrible things because of that which I did. But now I can enjoy the new life which is a gift from God through Jesus Christ. You see the cross brings the freedom because it brings healing from your past. The pro- the cross liberates you from all of this. So when when temptation comes your way having received Christ, you can just pause when negative thoughts come, maybe the negative thoughts of condemnation of how bad you are or maybe the, the thoughts of trying to get you to go back and take another drink or whatever your addiction might be uh, maybe it's uh, like one, one, one lady I knew, her, her addiction was she just loved to spend money, she was always out spending her husband's money left and right and you know that might be a good thing if you got enough money, but if you put your family in debt like she was doing, this was not a good thing in fact she ended up he thought she was paying the house payment, but she was using the money for that, and she, they were six months behind, and they end up getting the house repossessed. Now, he's stuck with this whole problem, where they're going to live. And she had a, a happy-go-lucky party time with all that money, but it's gone. And now, now the consequences come rushing home. But God liberates us from those addictions and those habits and those attitudes, Now we can look at life and say, well, that was a horrible time in my life, but thank God for the cross, for Jesus Christ, who took my place, who took my sin, who became me, and took all that stuff off of me, so that's not me anymore. I'm dead to sin, I'm free from sin, I'm alive unto God. And whatever thoughts come your way that might try to pull you back into that cesspool of your past, just remind yourself, and just state as a statement of faith, no. I reject that lie in Jesus' name. I'm dead to sin. I'm free from sin. I'm alive unto God.